Helping you build a better brand through the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Hello and welcome to the program. My name is Thomas and this is the Rightly Designed Show. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different and that is I'm going to actually have a guest with me on the show today. So that's something I'm going to do from time to time if I can find someone who, you know, brings a little bit of added perspective uh, or, you know, just has an expertise in a different area. So today's guest is actually another designer and developer and his name is Chris Coyer. So without any further delay, I'll go ahead and jump right into the interview. Okay, we're here today with Chris Coyer, who is the founder of CSS Tricks, a co-founder of CodePen, and a host on the Shop Talk Show. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for taking the time to come on the program. That's me. All those things. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, I guess just to start with, can you give us a quick idea of your background, some of your experience, and, you know, some of the projects that you've been a part of? Yeah, well, it really is those three things. So I, you know, I write about all things web and kind of maintain the site CSS Tricks, CSS-Tricks.com, which is, you know, a little bit of a cheesy name, but it's all about um, all things web, really. So it's not just like literally CSS Tricks. It's about all kinds of stuff. We even talk about backend stuff. WordPress is certainly uh, on the on the subject matter list over at CSS Tricks, really all things all things web these days. And it's been that way for for so long that I just kind of roll with it, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's uh, uh, there's forums there. There's blog posts nearly every day. There's uh, uh, video screencasts, uh, you know, some kind of one-off and some part of series and stuff. And there's a lot of stuff over there. It's been, you know, I've been running that site since about 2007, which makes it, Oh, kind of a middle-aged website, you know, not a not super ancient, you know, like some old sites are, but certainly not a new kid on the block anymore. Uh, and that's part of my career is running that site, really. And there's a small team behind it these days, uh, much like there is on CodePen, which is a little bit newer, but is going on five years old now. And that's CodePen is a kind of a front-end developer playground, kind of the site where you can go and literally write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and see the results of what you are what you're writing. So it's like if you type H1 cool website, you'll see uh, as you're kind of typing it that show up in big bold letters like H1s do on the web. So that's kind of used for lots of different purposes. It can be used to show off cool things that you can build. It's it's used for, you know, you're having trouble with something, so you use it to uh, make kind of a reduced test case to to show people like, hey, I am not understanding how this works. How can this go down? Uh, lots of different reasons. You know, people use it for education a lot uh, and teaching and that kind of thing. And then there's Shop Talk Show, which is me and my uh, uh, friend and co-host Dave Rupert just talking about front-end web development and a little back-end web, all things web. So everything I do is so centered around this world of like building websites. Gotcha, gotcha. No, very cool. Uh, you mentioned you launched CSS Tricks back in 2007, so it's it's very it's a very seasoned website. So that's that's very cool. How did it get started? How do you you know how did you decide to start CSS Tricks? Yeah, it's um, 
I was trying to get rich quick, I think was the gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Uh, certainly was a kind of a business decision early, uh, like a, a poor one, you know, like I, I really had no idea what I was doing in 2007. It's not like I was a kid, but I was, I was new to the world of web design. And, uh, I, uh, uh and I've, I've, you know, I've said this before in, in other interviews. I was, uh, I was looking at other bloggers at that time. And, you know, 2007 was, it wasn't like, New. I mean, WordPress was around. Blogging wasn't new, but it was a little fresher than it feels like today. Yeah, know? definitely. Um, and there was there was a what? It, this website even exists today. It was called Pro Blogger with Darren Rose. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you know, the guy's like blogging about cameras on his site and doing super well, and he's throwing AdSense here, and he's doing direct sales over here and he's you know blogging from the beach and it seems like he's got a really cool life and he had all these good tips and I was like I could blog I want to blog and I you know I had a couple of other kind of failed blogs along the way of but the idea was you know I would do a personal blog or I'd have a blog for a band or some kind of website of some kind and and, and that was good but but the idea of blogging was like long term you know like building content over time uh, you know, to grow it into a, a, a real resource of a site, and that was kind of the the spirit in which that CSS Tricks was born, and that, and it actually was kind of the the least successful of them, of the kind of the multiple sites that I had made, but it was the one that I kind of enjoyed doing the most because I had just recently gotten a job. My first job as a web designer and developer, and I, it was really a trial by fire kind of job. We had you know clients right out of the gate, sites I was maintaining, features I needed to be building, uh, uh, and I was pretty bad. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't really didn't know what I was doing at all, um, which was okay. I, I I was aware of that, uh, but you know, at the time I was I was I was like, you know, I should be. I should be blogging some of this. I should be like well, blogging some of the things that I've been learning, and uh, 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 with the additional spin that if you attempt to teach it, you learn it even better. I found that to be true right away. Gotcha. No, that's that's definitely true. You definitely did something right with CSS tricks because you're right. There were a lot of people, you know, at 2000 around the time of 2007, who were starting to jump onto this bandwagon of you know, <laughs> of of blogs that you know they were kind of exploding at the time. You're right; they weren't necessarily brand new, but they were kind of you know. Starting to explode in different areas, and pro blogger is actually a really good example of that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting though because he definitely did something right with CSS tricks because it stuck, and it seems like it's continued to grow year after year. I know I because when I'm doing my own web development, that sort of thing, I'm constantly finding things on CSS tricks, and there's always something new and useful. So what have you done to kind of help CSS tricks stick and you know continue to grow all these years? Part of it is consistency, you know, the fact that I've just, I continue to write on it consistently year after year after year. But really that starts day after day and week after week and month after month. It's, it's you know, maintaining a list of ideas and, and keeping my ear to the ground for what I think good ideas are and uh, and just getting them out there because you just the site has really never been in a state of, of languishing. It's always been uh, an up to date site where I'm, you know, I'm practicing what I preach and I'm caring about performance and I'm caring about the content of the site and redesigning it to modern standards and and writing about the work that I actually do, which is, you know, I'm, I actually am a web designer and developer. I don't just write about it; I practice it as well. You right. Know? Uh, so you know, if there's anything that's done right, it's been just but just keeping at it for a long time. I've also said to people in the past, you know, go look at my analytics, you know, which I'm happy to share. If there's no 
there's no like cheater moment. There has been no like break that I've had that was the defining moment of 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 having you know a quote unquote successful blog. And I do consider it successful just in that it is a business that works and makes money and you know it's it's not like it's not like a I, I did not get rich quick that was not a thing that happened but it but it, it does now you know help sustain me as a person it was really the you know the persistence of of doing it over time and just the slow 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 growth if you look at that analytics over a long time it's just a, a slow crawl you know so yeah, that that makes sense. Seems like in a lot of ways you just kind of stuck with it and it just grew over time. You put in the hard work, is the bottom line. That's what a lot of people don't, you know, can't really come to grips with. It's like there's always like, you know, I gotta be able to jump in there and, you know, get rich quick or, you know, this is just gonna be an instant overnight success. But that's not really what you did. You built CSS tricks over many years, you put in the hard work, and then you have this, you have what you currently have as an end result. So yep, yep, very, very nice. So what's um What's the uh, what's the publishing schedule like on CSS tricks? Do you have like uh, you know something that you follow? You mentioned you have a staff. So what's that like on the website? I mean, I wish it was more. You know, I wish I could tell you, oh, we use this service, and we have a publishing calendar here, and there's always twenty articles in the works with different stats, and we work with everybody and with this well-defined publishing workflow and. Uh, it just it just isn't that it's it's more it's more organic than that. Sometimes I'll just wake up in the morning and be like, you know, I have a blog post idea that I've been thinking about. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna write it right this very second and hit the publish button, just like anybody's personal blog or anything else. There's no there's no mandatory process that anything has to go through. And the authors that work for me, it's much the same way. Although um, I usually end up being the person who presses the publish button. You know, just gotcha. so I can read over and make sure that the tone is right and stuff. Because I do kind of still consider it uh, my, you know, just something that I feel very deeply about, like the tone of the site, and it's very reflective of me as the site owner and stuff. So, gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's uh, no, that's very cool. Actually, that's quite the way to do it, and the fact that you've been able to stay consistent over all these years is actually quite the testament to that. Testimony to that. So that works. That works very well. Actually, because a while back, what I was actually doing is I was looking for a place to publish an article I had written. Uh, so I had written an article, you know, on on WordPress, and it was mm-hmm. a kind of a niche topic. It was on the topic of converting WordPress tags to be like categories, you know, like hierarchical type style. So I was looking around for a place to publish that. It just kind of hit me. I was like, oh, yeah, CSS Tricks actually does WordPress things as well. So I submitted it to you guys, and you guys actually published it. So that was very cool. Yeah, um, sure. I remember that. Yeah, so I was – but what kind of hit me when I was going through looking to different places to publish it was, again, that you guys do, you know, a lot more than just CSS you know, at what point did you decide CSS Tricks is going to go beyond CSS, and what made you decide to do that? I don't think I probably thought that hard about it. Honestly, it was just like if I have a good piece of of, of content, of course I should publish it. I don't need to apologize right. for it. Nobody's ever left it. Once in a blue moon, some troll will leave a comment, be like, "This isn't a CSS solution to this. Gotcha. This is a JavaScript <laughs> solution." And then I just roll my eyes, and so does everyone else because it just doesn't matter. You know, I apologize for the cheesy name, but at this point, I'm not throwing it away just because. You know, I don't know. Some other name would be more appropriate. In fact, I think I, I think I, I think I did okay. Much like you, you have this brand rightly designed. I think that works. It 
means that it's this thing that stands on its own. It's not like chriscoyer.net or something. Uh, I don't mind that people have personal blogs. I love and read many, many personal blogs, but I've always kind of liked that there's a little bit of detachment there, even though it's mine. It's still this like brand onto itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, definitely. So you're you're also the uh, kind of switching gears a little bit. So you're also the author of a book called Digging into WordPress. So I saw that, and it's you can find that at digwp.com. Uh, and so I just wanted to just kind of get some of your ideas and and what made you decide to kind of shift gears into creating something in book format. What made you decide to go <laughs> to, for a book? Yeah, that I mean, first of all, that was a it feels like a ancient history now. Uh, I haven't really kind of been a part of the Dig WP universe in a while. I'm still very proud of it. It was an awesome experience working with my co-author Jeff Starr. But Jeff Starr is great. Perishable Press. He kind of owns and operates that whole that whole world these days. So the uh, the book itself is, I think, is still for sale. I think at some point we're toying with with not doing it. But he's Jeff has like more recent, more up to date books on WordPress. So I guess if there's advice out there, like I probably would recommend buying one of Jeff's more recent books than oh, this gotcha. one. Gotcha. Just just because. Uh, but it, that was a fun, it was a kind of a, a wonderful experience in that um, we self-published, which was interesting. We, we kind of had written a book. We didn't know what we were doing, so we kind of wrote it, and then we started looking for publishers. Uh, and publishers were like, oh, this is interesting, but uh, we kind of have our own workflow, so I don't really care that you've written it. We, it still needs to go through uh, our kind of normal editorial flow. And we're like, uh, okay, and we w- would like attempted to go through that with a publisher or two, and then we're like, no, this doesn't feel right or this doesn't you know you're you're imparting so much of yourselves onto this and like we've already done so much work here including design it because <laughs> we wanted to kind of do our own thing with the design you know we wanted to go full color we wanted to have these little pullouts in it that were very custom designed and stuff so we had done so much work it literally took years uh, uh, of effort i think in the end or almost uh, and then we're just like, let's just do it ourselves. My mom is in the printing industry. My stepdad is going on retirement. So would thought he could help with the with literally manually putting them in the boxes and shipping them to people. We just did this thing homegrown uh, entirely, and Jeff has kind of taken over that. Uh, but that was interesting. You know, we got we just we just w- winged it, and it was uh, it was it was a good experience in that in that. We already had somewhat of an audience because we did the we did the thing that we do. We made a blog, so you mentioned it, it was digwp.com, and we uh, built up an audience that way. Said there's a book coming, but read the blog for now. Uh, and I had my own audience from CSS Tricks, and Jeff had his own audience from Perishable Press. So that's the thing that some people can't do. If you want to self-publish, you kind of better have your own audience to bring. And if you don't, I think that would be a little too risky, possibly, to self-publish. Yeah, that's that's that totally makes sense because that's I run into, into that a lot. Actually, my background is working in the publishing industry where people are like, okay, I wrote a book. Now what? Who's, who do I sell it to? Where you actually, you did the reverse, which is actually the way that you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to build a platform and an audience and then the book just kind of comes naturally. So it sounds like that's pretty much exactly what you did with digging into WordPress. You had CSS tricks and then you had uh, digwp.com 
and then the book was kind of the last piece to kind sure. of of the puzzle. So no, we were able to do yep. interesting things that other people haven't been able to do. Like we, for example, we spiral binded it because we weren't going to sell it in stores anyway. Who in stores kind of require probably, as you know, working in publishing, they really like that thick spine, you know, where they can yep. put things. We're just like we don't care if there's a spine. We want our book to lay flat, so we spiral bind it. We also said, hey, if you buy the book now, we'll give you free updates forever, which is still honored, I think. Uh, like I said, I'm not in, as involved as I as I could be or should be anymore. Um, you know, which is interesting. How many tech books say if you buy this tech book when it updates, you'll just get a free copy of it? That was that was interesting. I'm sure that sold us some books over time. So we were able to do that because of the the fact that we self published. That being said, I don't think we did everything perfectly. Just in that, uh, it was a, I was burned out after this. I was like, this is too much. And it's I big kind project, of, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't write a book again. In fact, I do have a new one out. I'm, I'm unfortunately not ready to talk about it quite yet. But I guess follow me on Twitter or something. And I do finally, after all these years later, have another book coming out. But uh, it's not quite ready yet. Yeah, it's it's definitely the process. Well, no, it's actually a very quite unique concept, especially to consider for you know self published authors. You kind of took the uh, a software updates approach to writing your book. So uh, definitely, it definitely works. Uh, okay, so you also mentioned uh, at one point uh, CodePen is something that you are a co-founder of. A co-founder of. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what was it like getting CodePen off the ground? You already I like mentioned CodeFounder. That's a good word. Yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> CodeFounder, but CodePen. So, what was it like uh, getting um, getting uh, Code CodePen off the ground? What was it like getting that started? Well, it was so it was so small. It's a it was a. Small project grown up slowly over time, like apparently everything else I've ever done. In that it was, it was a little bit born out of a need on CSS tricks. It was a, it was a need looking at. I write all these blog posts that are tutorials that have demos in the tutorial because nothing says it better than a demo. You know how obnoxious is it to read? You know some example code, front end code specifically, and 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 have there be nothing that you can visually see. That's like not done anymore. Nobody does that because it's so preposterous to look at some HTML and CSS and not be able to like actually see what it does and created, or a, even a screenshot of that is like lame in comparison. So, uh, I was building my own pages on CSS tricks that were like d- the the demo, and you would just click over to it and be like a static HTML file that linked to a static CSS file that would show what I was trying to show. And then over time, I'm like, well, I should make these PHP and probably put like a header and footer on them so at least they're kind of branded, you know. But I could still control them over time and then maybe I'll make a backlink on them so you can get back to the article and you know it ended up being this homegrown system that wasn't all that great and then there were tools like JS Fiddle, JS Bin uh, that were came about that had this idea of why don't you write your HTML, CSS and JavaScript over here and we'll show you the demo, we'll live render the demo right here and I was like these things are so awesome this is the way to showcase front end code for sure I absolutely love them why don't I move all my demos over to JS Fiddle and there was a short period in there where I was doing that I was like I'm just going to put everything on JS Fiddle this is clearly the better way to do it and I love JS Fiddle it's amazing it was a groundbreaking thing uh, then to do, and it's still around today to their credit. Uh, but I was like, I need to build my own one of these because I don't really trust a third party to um, to have all of my stuff from my blog on it. Like, I, I want that opportunity to brand it myself. I want the ability to add new features as I see p- fit and all that stuff. So I was like, maybe we'll make an open source version of it or something. And then it ended up just kind of growing up into like, why don't we just have a hosted version of it? Okay, people are using it now. Why don't we have a way to like 
showcase the cool things people are building on it. Hmm, let's maybe let's build some social features so people can like talk to each other and follow each other. And why don't we track some statistics on things? So then, you know, it just kind of grew up into this front end social kind of coding playground uh, uh, that it is today. And, you know, now we're moving faster on it than we ever have back then. So it's just been an up, up, up journey for it. Yeah, so it's very interesting. You kind of came at it from a direction of like necessity. You just kind of need it. But I've I've noticed that myself just kind of watching CodePen. I've used it myself, you know, several times. I've noticed that it's kind of expanded into a community. That's kind of what I know it as right now. Is like I go there or I see links on Twitter or on different websites where people are just doing crazy, amazing stuff in CSS and JavaScript and different things, you know, different animations. So it's almost become, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... From at least my perspective, it's almost become kind of a community uh, for almost like Dribble, but not quite, but a, a place to almost showcase and even show off crazy stuff people are doing with code. That's right. I mean, it, we, we took plenty of cues from Dribble. I mean, you go to Dribble, it's a grid of small rectangles, and you see the name of what it is and who built it and statistics on it and stuff. I mean, uh, I, I don't know that they exactly invented that concept, and we didn't either. But we, you know, we certainly looked to Dribble for cues of of what that kind of what 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 a site like that works like, uh, and they're awesome, and we're good friends with the with the Dribble folks, and uh, do our own thing in our own way. So yeah, the community is probably the most important thing of CodePen. I think that's something that uh, uh, any any other kind of coding site like us. Whether you like their feature set or their design or whatever, uh, we're, we're unique in having that, uh, uh, and that's a really good community too. Which is a uh, uh, something that's that I, I'm pretty proud that we've built as a team together because it's it, it can be hard building a community is really its own set of challenges. Totally aside from you know the design and development and marketing and, and and all that stuff. I mean, you can have those things down to a key and then ruin the community part easily. Uh, and, and and likewise have a gross site with a uh, with a beautiful community at it. So hopefully we're we're doing our our best at building both <laughs> making both the community and the site very good. Yeah, and I think you've done a really good job of that because I've noticed that there is a lot of interaction on there. What are some of the things that you've kind of done to cultivate that? I mean, is there any like strategies? Have you just made it really easy to use and sign up and communicate, or was there any kind of anything like in the background that you're doing to kind of encourage users to sign up? show people why, you know, it's something that they should use and interact in. A lot of people take the time to go on there. So is there anything that you've done to kind of, you know, to cultivate that community? You know, there's a there's a book about um God, what was it? Derek Powazak, I think. Let me look it up. I know it's the worst thing ever to do like podcasting lookup. I'm sure it's, no problem. <laughs> oh, I, it's it's uh it's worth I did I I I I wrote a review of it. Like it's an old book. It's one of those tech books that just like has stood the the test of time. Yeah, I you know, I call it a tech book, but it's a it's a people book. It's a community book. It's called Design for Community by Derek Powazak that I that I read in the last year or two that was like, you know, he was kind of in the early rounds of thinking about it building and dealing with online communities and the unique challenges of it. Specifically, you know, online is weird. You're not looking at each other face-to-face. There's some anonymity involved and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that you need to think about to cultivate the good one. But there was an idea in that that, like, what you showcase, what you, like, demonstrate as community leaders comes back at you tenfold. So because we have a team of, like, positive people 
that are encouraging and leaving positive comments and and sh- and showcasing other positive people. And there's not a lot of like hater stuff on CodePen. There's not like people that work at CodePen that are like that are like haters on Twitter or like leaving nasty comments on other people's pen. Everybody that works here is very positive and encouraging towards the community. And when we see other people in the community that are positive, encouraging, we're lifting them up as well. And I think there, there's so much of that going on that 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 is what the community becomes and haters are shut down you know they're not they're not highlighted there's no haters on the homepage of of codepen if there's people being obnoxious on twitter they're just largely ignored you know it's a, it's little things like that it's like it's like the, when the leaders of the community are the way that they are, are positive and doing good things that is what breeds the rest of the community to 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 behave in that way and i think that's fundamental to online communities it's got to gotcha. come from down to come from the top. Gotcha. So, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, you set the tone uh, and, you know, that kind Try of Try it on a blog to, post. Yeah. Try it on a blog post. Write a blog post and have the first comment be on there be some like, ugh, I can't believe this blog even exists. It's, uh, you know, then the comments after it tend to have that tone or seed the thing. Write a blog post and have the first blog post be or first comment be by you and be like, you know what, I really like this part of the article and this particularly this quote and whatever. And you'll see that the comments that follow it are, tend to follow that tone. It's like cheating in a little bit of a way. It's that the concept of seeding, but it's totally effective. Yeah, well, it's Not very I, it's very smart. It's proactive in the sense that you're setting the tone rather than letting some random person come in there and set it for you. So very smart in that in that respect for sure, for sure. You know, you see Reddit like the snark tends to, to tends to rule communities like Reddit, and I know that there's a million billion subreddits and there's million sub communities and things are different, but it tends, you know, if if something on CS's trick lands on Reddit, it's just snarksville in the comment. Yeah. And I just roll my <laughs> eyes and leave because that's what the community has kind of bred in that in that sub community on Reddit is like, let's find a hole and poke at it and leave some jerk. And I'm just, you know, not for me. Not today. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll just kind of, I guess, to kind of wrap up, we've gone over quite a few different brands that you've either created or you've been a part of. So this is kind of the, you know, the notable lesson learned moment. So what's some of the biggest lessons or the biggest lesson you've learned, you know, as you've been creating brands or have been a part of really big brands? I like the one that we just talked about. So definitely, if people are looking for takeaways from this or how to you know make your own site or community better, is that is that idea of being an example to your own community and like don't let a day go by that that you're not doing that because that's the uh, there's so much value there. You know, you are your community, so let people know it. They'll follow it. Don't don't think that oh because you you know you posted something last week people assume they know who you are. Or no, you got to be that person every day and be very persistent about it as well. There's like this cheesy quote from a documentary I like this be you'd be amazed what you can do if you just sit and do it. It was from an old it was from an old man who was sitting there like dipping baby alligator heads into some sort of liquid that would solidify them so he could sell them as trinkets and he was like being amazed at how many alligator heads he he could do in a day if he just sat there and did it. I always thought uh, of myself in that way a little bit. If you just wake up and you sit in your chair and you uh, work on things and you write things and build things and talk to people, it's just kind of amazing how much one day of productivity you can get if you just do it. Absolutely. Sounds great. Okay. Well, where can uh, people go to find out more about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't have the world's best hub. I, I maintain a personal site at chriscoyer.net, which just in the little tiny sidebar of it tells you that I'm a designer at CodePen, a writer at CSS Tricks, and a podcaster at Shop Talk. So that ends up being kind of the uh, a good place for me. And I'm Chris Coyer, C-O-Y-I-E-R, at all the social media stuff, Twitter and GitHub and such. Gotcha. Very cool. Okay, well, be sure to check out Chris Coyer at chriscoyer.net. And I do appreciate it. Thanks so much, Chris, for taking the time to come on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're listening to the fusion of form and function. This is the Rightly Designed Show. Okay, so hopefully there were some takeaways from the interview with Chris Coyer. And as I mentioned in the interview, you can find out more about him at chriscoyer.net. And again, I just hope there's uh, some good takeaways there in terms of building a successful online business, as well as cultivating a strong online community. So Chris had mentioned in the interview a book called Design for Community. And if you would like to check that out, you can just uh, visit that in the show notes. I'll leave a link to it. And that is just rightlydesignedshow.com slash 13. That's rightlydesignedshow.com slash 13. And thanks so much for listening to the program. Enjoying the Rightly Designed Show? Please consider taking a quick moment to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or the channel of your choice. Visit rightlydesigned.com slash show for links to these channels and more. 